time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. Witness a murder. The killer is Mr. William Feathersmith, a robber baron whose body composition is made up of a refrigeration plant covered by thick skin. In a moment, Mr. Feathersmith will proceed on his daily course of conquest and calumny with yet another business dealing. But this one will be one of those bizarre transactions that take place in an odd marketplace known as the Twilight Zone. Episode number one. The 16th and Twilight Zone was of late, I think, of Cliffordville. And uh, Sean, there's a lot of episodes where, you know, like uh, uh, Rod Serling is being uh, um, being nostalgic about like childhood and things like that. And this so is, many. This is sort of like the evil stepchild of, the, of that. <laughs> Are you saying evil because the devil is named Devlin? Uh, could be, could be. And uh, by the way, the uh, the the de- the devil in this episode, uh, played by the delightful Julie Newmar, who's actually still with us. She's she's. Eight. It was it was pretty cool to see her show up. I forgot that she was that she was in a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, and uh, like great job. One, she did it. She did a terrific job. Yeah, the the last couple of uh, <clears throat> the last couple of uh, credits she has her are voice actor gigs. So she's probably not uh, not doing a whole lot these days, but. Uh, as late as 2017, she was still acting, and and she's definitely still alive. So good for her. I loved her in Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Uh, I loved her in the sci-fi classic Oblivion that, uh, that, I, only, <laughs> that, that I only know about because it's on the uh, it's on the Rift Tracks uh, live streaming channel. Uh, it's oh yeah, probably the single worst movie ever made. But uh, Rift Tracks has uh, a live stream. They do. Yes, um, that's awesome. And uh, my my wife and I have it on uh, in the background uh, quite often. Yeah, uh, often enough that like their rotation of movies isn't that great, and so we've sure. seen like every everything they have in there like six <laughs> or seven times. And and Oblivion is one of them. Oh, oh it's Mano's <laughs> Hands of Fate again. Uh, actually, Mano's Hands of Fate is one of the one of the things. That, so, <laughs> of course, it is. Of course, it yeah, it's got to be. Uh, yeah, they, they did that one again. Uh, and, uh, pro- you know, probably most of the same jokes, but, but still. <laughs> so this, <laughs> what are so your, this... what are your feelings on the makeup in this episode? You know, we, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, so <laughs> first of all, I want to talk about the fact that, uh, so the, the episode, uh, centers on William J. Feathersmith. Um, perfect name. Uh, we we don't uh, I I don't think we're ever told what the the J is, but he does insist on introducing himself as William J. Feathersmith a lot. I like to think it's like Homer J. Simpson, where it's just J. It's just J. <laughs> yeah, people have spent years trying to figure out what his middle name is. It turns out it's just J. <laughs> um, now I could have uh, looked this up before we uh, before we started if I was actually professional in in, in this, but. Um, <laughs> Cliffordville is in Indiana. I do know that. I, I, yeah, yes, I, I, I do know that. Uh, I wanted to look up who the actor is um, before I tear into him. Oh, of uh, Feathersmith? Yeah. I didn't recognize uh, it. I looked it up, but I've already forgotten the name. He's a very forgettable person. Actually, he's not forgettable. Uh, Albert Salmi. Now, I know he's been in other episodes, and I just want to say that 
I'm sure Albert Salmi was a delightful individual. As an actor, probably the most annoying person I've ever seen. Yeah, and I don't know if that's the choice or not. You know, now that you say this, um, I do remember looking him up for, uh, from another episode because, uh, unfortunately, his uh, cause of death uh, was suicide. So that kind of sticks out. Um, yeah, in his in his filmography, it just says Twilight Zone three episodes. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he was, um, I, I know he was the one where he was the. Uh... He was the uh, the the bad guy cowboy that got like brought back in time by the uh, or brought forward in time actually by the professor from Gilgan's Island. He, yeah, execution episode. Uh, uh, yeah, he and he was in another one. And and I mean, listen, you it, it, it sort of uh, pokes a hole in my joking about him being the single most annoying human being on the sure. planet. But it's learned that he did take his own life, so I, I'm I'm sad about that. But uh, still. Probably, there's just something about there's just something about him that's just really annoying, incredibly annoying, and uh, the makeup doesn't help. <laughs> the no. the old man makeup does not help. I, I I, maybe, maybe I had already made my decision about him uh, as an actor uh, before we get to him being young, but yeah. him oh, being 100%. young didn't didn't do anything to make it any better. No, not at all. Um, but I, I will say this. The character is supposed to be unlikable, so yeah, really good casting. Great job. <laughs> I just uh, I I this, couldn't. This is a, this is an episode that I was surprised to to learn was actually in season four and an hour long because, like I said, I, I've said this with a few others. Like I've seen it enough that I feel like it probably like at some point somebody shortened it to a half hour, and, and I saw it when 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 I saw the title come up, I was like, I swear to God, this was in you know, season two or yeah, season two or season one, like of late, I think of Cliffordville is such a like, well, it's somebody going back to, you know, it, it it's that Rod, Rod Serling must have read Horatio Alger. You can't, he, you can't go home again. Like <laughs> it must've been his favorite book because there's, a, there's an episode like this once every 10, 10 shows. It, it feels like, um, and the storytelling doesn't get better. Like you can throw in Julie Newmar as the devil, I'll eat that up any day. Don't make it an hour long. And don't bring in one of the most annoying character actors you can find. Well, I will say that, uh, you know, in most of the other episodes where it's like somebody, you know, reminiscing about, uh, you know, the good old days, uh, yeah. you know, in, in their in their hometown and everything, usually it's somebody that we like. And I, and I think that this one was slightly different because it's let's take the most unlikable actor in in human history make him the, <laughs> the most unlikable character in human history and uh, and and see what happens so it is actually kind of a new take on on you know the idea of, you know it's like it's like walking distance in the mirror universe yeah for sure and i did kind of like you know we'll we'll get to how it ends in a bit but and kind of what <clears throat> what he goes through when he goes back in time to cliffordville you know 45 years prior but it's very evident that he did not get to where he was a place of success by his own doing or his own brains it's very obvious that it's a, a, a set of circumstances that mm -hmm. he lucked into you know being a 
tycoon head of head of a large corporation like that. Well, at some point, it's either uh, I think it's actually it's in one of the narrations. It's either at the beginning or the end. He uh, uh, Rod Serling actually calls him a robber baron. Um, so I think yeah. Oh think yeah, that's right. Point, he does. Yeah. He, he didn't. He didn't invent a a longer lasting light bulb or something and make his uh, make his fortune that way. He just, um, you know, he just happened to be in the right place at the right time and bought the right idea and and yeah, you know, that's how he how he made all his money. And and we get into that a little bit uh, a little bit later in the story. But so he he invites this uh, this guy who's like a corporate uh, you know another another rich dude up to basically say that he's he's uh, he's taking over his company and kicking him out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I don't, I don't think we, ne we necessarily learn enough about the other character to know that like, he's clearly a good guy. You know, he may, he may be just as bad as Feathersmith. I, I don't know. But in this particular case, you know, yeah. Feathersmith has taken advantage of him. So, you know, we at least feel bad for the guy. Yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> I think that, uh, the, it, it it's like the antithesis of the save the cat uh thing where you know early in in movies you know you'll try to set up a uh like the goodness of a character or get the audience to root for a character by have that character you know perform a heroic act or something like that it, it's 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 the it's the mirror world of 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 that where it's you know you they're just setting him up to be a bad guy no matter you know he's stealing a company. It doesn't matter, you know, who he's stealing it from, just that he's stealing mm -hmm. that. So ultimately, uh, after he, he, uh, you know, after the, the other guy leaves, uh, the janitor comes in and, uh, they start talking about how they're from the same town. And he, he basically says he, uh, he, he misses, misses the good old days and wishes he could go back to a Cliffordville to start his business career all over again, because it's not the, it's not the running the business. It's the robbing other people of their businesses that he really likes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, we'll see him try to, uh, employ those tactics when he goes back in time, but, uh, so he crosses paths with uh, Miss Devlin in a uh, travel agency in in the building, and uh, um, on the thirteenth floor, of course. Of course, it is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which I I guess you know that probably means that it's like uh, you know hotels generally don't have thirteenth uh, floors just because right. people don't want to stay in the thirteenth floor. Um, <laughs> And so I, I guess we'd be led to believe that normally there wouldn't be a, an 18th floor, much like the uh, the episode with the uh, Marsha and the mannequins. Oh not just not just playing at Lollapalooza this weekend. Uh, <laughs> uh, Marsha and the mannequins. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, in that episode, she goes up to the top floor and it's it's one that doesn't really exist here. You yeah. know, I, I would like to think that uh, Feathersmith being the uh, the captain of industry that he is. The building probably has more than 13 floors, but uh, we're, we're never, never actually told that. I don't know why I'm focusing so much on the height of the building. <laughs> it no sense. It's on brand. <laughs> I was, I, 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 I told myself I was going to uh, look up how much, uh, whatever money he was left with, um, 
how much that was worth in both 1962 and 1910, but I, I failed you. So I'll do that and, now and, while you're talking. And, and what uh, 1400 would be worth today too. Um, oh, true. Probably, yes. Probably a decent amount. So they never, uh, well, no, 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 they, they do actually say that she's the devil because she's got horns. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I was about to say they never say she's the devil, but, but it's, you know, Miss Devlin's travel agency or something like that. But, <laughs> but yeah, she, she takes off her hat and she's got horns. So clearly she's the devil. So um, four, $1,412 is what he was left with. Okay. That he's bringing back to Clifford, Cliffordville. Uh, that is, um, in today's money, about $12,000, uh, $13,000. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. And so $13,000 today in 1910, that's $400,000. Okay, yeah. He's doing it just fine. He could have his own little uh, empire. Listen, all he needs is to invest that in a mutual fund and he'd be fine for the rest of his life. I mean, probably in better shape than he was in 1962. Probably. So uh, so he starts talking to uh, Miss Devlin and, uh, you know, basically saying the same thing that he was talking to uh, the janitor about that, uh, you know, it's the robbing people blind that I like. It's not so much the uh, <laughs> sitting on the pile of money. Um. So, uh, first of all, one thing that I think is interesting is uh, she says that uh, they've already got his soul. Uh, she yeah. just wants money, which I think yeah. is is awesome. It, it, <laughs> it, it like I, I just pick I, what they should have done. They should have thrown in a line about her her saying like, you know, I can make a lot of people miserable if I've got thirty six million dollars. <laughs> even more, even more miserable than a Feathersmith. <laughs> and really all Feathersmith has to do to make me uh to make me miserable is just is just be <laughs> say words <laughs> so he uh, goes back to uh Cliffordville and he uses uh the money that he has left to buy uh, a bunch of land saying that uh it has oil in it yeah and uh he you know, when he was talking to uh, the, the travel agent arranging his trip, he said that he wanted to remember everything that he, he remembers now. Uh, but he didn't realize that uh, a, a drill needed to actually get to the oil wouldn't yeah. be uh, invented until the 30s. So he he remembers it after he buys the land. <laughs> yes, which which, by the way... <laughs> Seems like if you're going to do that, you know, just a tip, if you ever travel back in time and you're trying to oh, fleece no. people, you should like sit down before you actually do anything and just try to remember everything you, you can, every, every detail, because it comes back to them pretty quickly. So yeah. if you're just, <laughs> you just taking some time to, to plan things out a little bit more, he probably would have been a lot better off. Well, that's, that's the, you know, when I say that he, you know, he got to the, uh top of his game by chance it, it it wasn't because of like you know business acumen or anything like that because he wasn't the know, elon musk of his day no and when you know when you know the, you send him back in time and he and he basically has to recreate his own success his own wealth he you know is too foolhardy he he's a little bit too knee-jerk 
um he buys things before he realizes you know he mm-hmm. he could have purchased like you know a drill bet you know a little bit less land and bought the drill he's not a good businessman so it's uh I, I think the message there is that like well you know he didn't do it by himself he, he had a I lot think of people if, helping him along the way i think if he released his twilight or his uh, tax returns like most twilight zone characters do you <laughs> um, would, would learn that he he you know mostly most of his businesses uh, ended up bankrupt and maybe he wasn't quite the success that he was leading us to believe you know there's a lot of parallels to be drawn in this episode but naturally he didn't release his tax returns so he didn't he didn't but uh people still voted for him for so then he voted for him to be a twilight zone character yes exactly to be head twilight zone character in this episode So after he fails miserably at the land thing, he decides, well, I've got all this knowledge of the future, so uh, I, I, I'm just going to use that to, to make money. So he starts going to people and saying, hey, I've got this idea for this thing. You, you know, we should, <laughs> we, should, we should make this. And it reminded me of uh, the, the time that I came into work one day and the radio host just said, Keith, make something funny today. Because he, he comes in and says, like, like the, the one that they the one that they show uh, specifically, he just goes to a guy and says, uh, "Make a self starter for 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 uh, uh, for an engine." Yeah, yeah, it, it's As like, if, it 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 reminds me of like the um, there's this. Uh, Do you ever listen to the Ricky Gervais podcast? Um, uh, it was a few episodes, yeah. So it's it's him, it's it's uh, Stephen Merchant, uh, and then you know Carl Pilkington, who they just relentlessly like make fun of, and they read his diary, and he he writes about an, an invention that he invented, which is a watch that tells you how much time you have left to live, and they ask him how it works, and he's like, well, you just put it on your wrist, and like that's what that's what this that that's what Feathersmith is doing. He's like, well. It, it starts it starts the engine so you just do it with you well how does it work well you just press it with your feet so like this guy gets the ridicule he deserves <laughs> oh oh absolutely 100 percent. you know like i said it, it's like the host that just said hey, make something funny today yeah exactly it's like no you have to tell me what you want <laughs> <laughs> i can't and, read and your then, mind and then like that's actually the most detail he has to give these people because when, uh, <laughs> when they're like well give me blueprints and uh you know th- then he starts just rattling off things and says well why don't you invent the roller coaster and why don't you invent this and, <laughs> yeah, exactly well you're not, you're not tell just, me how to do it you're just you're just saying hey what what why don't you make this thing i just man this episode was a waste of time it's it's very very <laughs> representative of season four and thank god we're you know I finally, it finally hit me last night when I was watching these, but uh, it was that it's, um, you know, we're two thirds the way through the, through the season. I don't recommend watching these episodes. I mean, we're last, last week was pretty good. The season? <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> I well, so. There, there is actually, uh, there's one, at least one episode um, coming up this season. Uh, I, I think there's one I really a- like couple episodes away that i that i really like so yeah you know i i think we'll we'll end on a on a meh note instead of why did they do this yeah. <laughs> um 
it's when when you look up um twilight zone in amazon prime that's how i i subscribe to paramount so that's how i mm -hmm. through prime and <clears throat> you know if you just t uh, type in twilight zone season four of this this iteration of the, of, of the show is like the seventh return like after the twilight yeah. zone movie after both jordan peele seasons it's just I'm like after yeah, after uh, after the Twilight movies. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it it is it gets everything it deserves for being yeah. so unpopular. <laughs> uh, so at this point, uh, Feathersmith actually realizes that, um, <clears throat> which it seems like this would come up sooner. Yeah, um, but he realizes that he's actually still seventy five. He just looks thirty. Yeah, he and, gets like uh, a, he has like a heart attack or something like that, right? Yeah, and so he realizes that even if he just waits it out, um, he's not going to be able to to make it to when uh, the the oil will actually pay yeah. off for him. Yeah, he'd be so, like hundred. <clears throat> uh, yeah, and unfortunately, somebody like Feathersmith would actually probably live to be a hundred years old, but <laughs> that, he he probably doesn't want to count on that. So uh, Miss Devlin shows up again. I, I, does she actually show up, or is she just like a a, a hallucination? But um, um, yeah, it. Uh, I hated this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, she uh, she shows up again in 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 some way, and she she says that um, uh, you know his memory of the past just isn't what the past actually was. Um, yeah. Which, which, you know, again, is kind of what, uh, you know, we get from most of the Twilight Zone episodes involving uh, going back home again. Yeah, it is the you can't you can't go back home again. And it's, you know, the the good memories of the past are best left to where they are. You know, look back on, <laughs> on them fondly, but don't make a deal with the devil to bring $400,000 back go, to go and, So... Uh, so the, the devil says she'll send it back to the future. Um, very, uh, very doc, uh, doc brownish like, um, <laughs> but the, the, it'll cost him 40 bucks and he doesn't have $40. So, uh, so Feathersmith sells the, sells the deed to the land that he just bought to like the first person that he sees. Who's and, the janitor in the. And it turns out uh, it's the janitor, so that when he goes back to 1963, now he's the janitor, and the guy who had been the janitor is now the the, the rich muckety muck. And man, and they, it's so sad. It's so sad. Like you know, you you spend an hour dealing with this very hateable character and a very hateable actor, and still, still pretty sad at the end. Uh well I I did like the fact I I did like the fact that like the the janitor guy becomes uh you know the the rich person in this in yeah. this story and I wondered if you know like like that was actually the devil's plan all along like I'm going to screw over this bad guy but then I'm going to make the other guy you know that rich and, that would and make presumably sense. a better guy you know although we don't we don't know that but you know, if it's the devil and just trying to s spread badness, I mean, you know, you see the the power and the wealth kind of corrupt uh, the janitor as well at the end. Like, he, yeah, because because he he they they basically have exactly the same exchange. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> with, uh, you know, the rich guy belittling the, the janitor's career accomplishments. And it's, yeah, it's just so sad. Like when he talks about like, I think he says like four years ago, I got this 40 year pin or whatever they gave him. And it's, it's so That's sad. a watch. Yeah. yeah. The watch. It's just, uh, it's yeah. Um, <clears throat> kind of uh, reminds me of the um, uh, Dennis Hopper's uh, reaction to getting the, the watch in speed. And Dennis Hopper was also a season four standout. He was uh, not as quite well, actually just as unlikable in speed and uh, the twilight zone in, in that particular case. Yeah. Hot quiz, hot shot. <laughs> Oh man, <clears throat> when uh, there's this one scene in that episode in that movie where that always makes me laugh when uh, <clears throat> Sandra Bullock's uh, driving the bus and it hits like a homeless woman's shopping cart, mm-hmm. and she thought it or no, it was a a baby stroller, and uh, Sandra Bullock thought there was a kid in it, but it was just a bunch of uh, aluminum cans because the homeless person was like collecting them, mm-hmm. and uh, Keanu Reeves to calm Sandra Bullock goes, "It's just cans." It's okay. It's just cons, man. It doesn't matter what, how bad of a mood I am in. If I think of that scene, I will smile. <laughs> well, you probably knew that after, uh, after watching of late, I, I think of Clifford Bill. Mr. William J. Feathersmith, tycoon, who tried the track one more time and found it muddier than he remembered, proving with at least a degree of conclusiveness that nice guys don't always finish last, and some people should quit when they're ahead. Tonight's tale of Iron Men and Irony delivered FOB from the Twilight Zone. Cabatron?